Why didn't God make bread grow on trees? I know money can't grow on trees, but why doesn't God make bread grow on trees and make the tree resilient like a cactus? So it could grow anywhere and you would never have starvation anywhere in the world. And food wouldn't be a bother. Because just to make a loaf of bread takes a lot, right? A farmer has to till their soil, they have to plant their seed, they have to fertilize it, they have to pray to God that they get the proper weather so that the grain grows properly, then they have to harvest it, and then they have to process the grain, and then they have to make the flour, and then somebody has to knead the dough and bake the dough, and finally you get one loaf of bread. So why didn't God just make it grow on trees so we could have what we need? Problem is the illusion of self-sufficiency. Today in the gospel, what does Jesus do with these 5,000 people? These people have followed him outside of town. They're up on a hillside, just outside some small towns around the Sea of Galilee. No way can these small towns support and feed 5,000 people. So does Jesus say, well, just get them away. We can't do anything with them. Like, what kind of people are these? They follow, they don't make any plans for supper, and they just come and follow me and listen to me? What does he do? Well, first, he recruits Philip. He says, Philip, how are you going to feed them? Philip's like, I don't know. I don't have anything. Then he recruits Andrew. Andrew recruits Boy. Seemingly the only family that thought ahead about bringing supper who had five barley loaves and two fish. And Andrew says, this is all I could find. And Jesus goes, that's enough. And he takes what is provided and through that provides for what everybody needs. What does it mean to be fed by Jesus when we have our responsorial song today? God, you open your hand to feed us and satisfy all our needs. Why does God do it in this way? Why does God not make bread grow on trees? Well, think of it this way. If you're trying to teach a child to tie their shoes, how do you go about it? Do you just give them instructions? Grab that lace and make a bow and wrap it around and pull through. Is that going to work? No. Do you give them the shoelaces and keep trying until you figure it out? Do you do it for them? No. You grab their little non-nimble fingers, you help them learn how to hold on to the strings, and you gently guide their hands through the movements that it takes to tie a shoe. And over time, you lessen your hold on their hands until they're able to do it. But then what happens when you're trying to teach a child to tie their shoes? You're trying to teach them and you're trying to help them grow their ability to do it. I can't do it. Or, no, I've got this. Leave me. Let me do it. And how much is that temptation present in our relationship with God? God's grace, the way that he wants to satisfy all of our needs, is in the same way that you try to teach a child to tie his shoes. You have to start with what you have to offer. God doesn't just make this grace rain from heaven and impose it on you. 
right? Why didn't Jesus just make a luscious meal appear in front of every group of people among those 5,000? Why didn't he even give them a better meal than loaves and fish? Why not a steak dinner? He starts from what they have to offer. And through their cooperation, through their participation, his grace provides for what the whole need is. See, when it comes to the things that we really need in life, beyond just material things, the higher things in life, they have to be accepted as a gift. And as Pope Benedict describes, he says, not only do you have to accept it and receive it as a gift, but he says you have to enter into the dynamic of the gift. What does he mean by that? I think at least one way to understand it is you have to learn how to accept a gift, but not just the gift, the giver as well. You have to enter into relationship with the one who is giving the gift, right? We also teach children that from a young age because when it's their birthday, they grab the gift and, oh, this is awesome, and they turn and they unpack the gift and start wanting to play with the gift. They'll say thank you. Look at the person that gave you the gift. Tell them thank you. We have to enter into that relationship with the one who gives the gift. It's first receiving. The dynamic of the Christian life is that our whole existence begins as a gift, always, not from the work of our own hands. It comes to us. That's why I like one of our family traditions at Christmas time when it comes to gift giving. When it's time to open gifts, only one person opens a gift at a time. And once they've opened the gift, there's always a description of how whoever's giving the gift came to the idea of what that gift was and the story behind how it came about to get that particular gift. Particularly my mom, because she loves to give lots of details and stories. But in that, you don't come to just receive the gift, but you come to know the one who gave it and why they gave it and the meaning behind the gift itself. This is why God doesn't make bread grow on trees. I'll always remember when I was living downtown Edmonton, there was a homeless man that would come often to the Basilica. So I knew him by name. His name was Ryan. And one time I was driving through downtown and I saw him on the side of the street and I was stopped at a traffic light and he was kind of panhandling and so a man walked by and he asked him for some money and the man just reached into his pocket and grabbed a handful of change and poured it into his hand and kept walking. What Ryan did the moment that he received that money was he turned around to his other homeless friend and poured half of it into his friend's hand like it was nothing. Ryan had nothing. What he had was the money in his hands. And yet, instantly, he was willing to give half of it to his friend standing beside him. It's part of the cooperation that God has in grace to satisfy all of our needs. That God works with us in that. So, for us, it's avoiding the temptation of the child in learning to tie their shoes, of not saying, God, I can't. Or, God, don't worry, I've got this from here. But, Lord, here's what I have to offer. You satisfy for all my needs. And where do we learn that best as Christians? 
right here at the Mass. Just before the priest places the gifts on the altar, what's his prayer? Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received this bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth, work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received this wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, work of human hands, it will become for us our spiritual drink. We receive as gift. We turn back to the giver, the very gift that we have received. And we acknowledge that by this lousy gift of cheap bread and cheap wine, we receive the great gift of Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity that satisfies all our needs. So, God doesn't make bread grow on trees, but he does satisfy for what we need when we show up and cooperate and participate in his grace. This is very important for us in our Christian life. Because when we have needs from God, he doesn't just rain them down from heaven because he wants us to be part of that work of grace.